0: This is the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is the 16th day of June, 2023. It is also Friday. Unfortunately, today I am mobile, so I can't do the Friday jingle. Many of you are saying, whew, thank God, I hate that jingle. But some of you are disappointed, I'm sure, because you really love hearing, it's Friday, Friday, and all that stuff. So my apologies. Now I want you to think back, way, way, way back to a time when perhaps you didn't get invited to a party, or sometime you might have walked into a room or a building where people just looked at you and wondered, Why are you there? Perhaps you were dressed differently. Perhaps you looked differently. Perhaps it was a group of women and you were the only guy, or vice versa. Perhaps you felt unwanted, or at the very least, you didn't feel as if you were being accepted. Would you want to stay there? Would you want to be in that room, in that situation, where you obviously weren't wanted, accepted? Did you feel uncomfortable? Well, in 2023, everyone's a victim. Everyone feels unwanted for some reason or another. And for some sick reason, everyone wants to be wanted. They want to be included. They want to be part of it, whatever it happens to be. For the Democrats, some people who want to be wanted need to be protected, coddled, provided a safe space, given special treatment, and woe is it unto anyone who dares to make those people feel somehow uncomfortable or unwanted. After all, for the Democrats, using people as their pawns, their personal pet projects, or their rallying cry puppets is page two straight out of the Democrat Party playbook. I personally experienced walking into a room full of people who didn't look like me, didn't dress like me. Certainly I felt out of place. It's not a great feeling, but I was in that room for a reason, a purpose, so I stayed. I didn't demand that they force an equal number of people who looked like me to join in for the sake of making me feel better. I didn't demand that this group of people change their entire program to accommodate me because I was somehow different. For example, had I walked into a room full of disabled veterans on my own two feet in a room full of amputees, paraplegics, quadriplegics, folks in wheelchairs, I would not feel as if I had to chop my own legs off or roll in in a wheelchair. So I would feel as if I were part of their group to do so would be silly. It would be cultural appropriation in its most disgusting form. I didn't demand that that group of people change their entire program to accommodate me. I didn't demand that the government step in and create some program to make me feel better about myself because I was different than all the rest of those people. My friends, our nation was founded by a group of Caucasian white Englishmen who began as colonists of Mother England. They were victorious in battle, and they took the mostly uninhabited land that they discovered, that they conquered, and they got by. They conquered the elements, they conquered the savages, and they built upon this land a great nation with the guiding principles of the Holy Christian Bible. And most of these people were Englishmen, white, Caucasian, European men. And they brought with them some females so they could do what men and women naturally normally do, copulate, therefore populate. They built a great nation with the guiding principles of our Judeo-Christian ethics, the values rooted in the Ten Commandments and faith in the Lord God. That's it. We didn't form the nation on the basis of Buddhist or Muslim or Vishnu or Krishna or this one or that one. Over time, we began to welcome the legal, lawful immigration of others into our sovereign land. And they had to come here on the condition that they assimilate into our Christian culture, become a part of our established society contribute to the betterment of the nation as a whole for those who came here were expected to become Americans to learn our English language to learn to read to write to get an education to get a job to start a business to contribute to our society as a whole to contribute to our tax base and to defend the nation against all invaders We didn't allow people to come here to subvert our society, to dismantle our democracy, to remake our republic in the image of the failed nations from whence they came, or to disparage our land of opportunity. The key word in America has been and should be opportunity. The opportunity to take advantage of a free education system the opportunity to be an American, the opportunity to work hard to succeed. Our founding documents speak about the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to the pursuit of happiness. It doesn't say guarantee of happiness. It doesn't say the right to happiness. It just says pursuit, meaning you have to work hard and you have to pursue happiness. But here in the year 2023, under the pathetic so-called leadership of the feeble-minded failing body puppet administration of gropey Joe Biden, the entire nation is being turned upside down, shaken and stirred to a point where the majority of Americans are being made to feel as if they are somehow the bad guys, simply for being in the majority. It's sort of a revenge thing from certain fringe minority groups. The vast overwhelming white, Christian, straight, heterosexual minority, excuse me, majority in America, we are the majority, are being made to feel as if we are the minority. We are being vilified, castigated, demonized for simply being who we are. Christian, heterosexual, white, European descendants, the descendants of the founders of our nation, a nation that allowed other races to enter and become part of our nation. But somehow under the Biden and Democratic political party group, the minorities are being granted special treatment, protected class status, and the straight white man is somehow the evil, racist bad guy. Take, for example, the so-called notion of protected classes. Now listen, I know and agree that there should be some reasonable accommodations made to allow those with true disabilities to access buildings, for example. After all, if there's not a ramp for a wheelchair, how do you expect a person in a wheelchair to climb stairs to physically enter a building? That is reasonable accommodation, based on something obvious. But aside from the obvious, there are some so-called protected classes in this country who have made up statuses in order to be pandered to, catered to, as an exchange for voting Democrat. Let's start with the small minority of the American population that makes up the tiny little 13%... My apologies, one of the pitfalls for doing a podcast on the cell phone is sometimes the cell phone interrupts the podcast. That small minority, the 13% double A hyphenated American minority, some known as the dark-skinned minority, the A crowd, the blacks, the African Americans, older Americans might recall them being called colored people, or even Negroes. Those terms now, of course, are considered offensive unless you are a member of that crowd and then you can call yourself the bastardized version of the word negro, which rhymes with bigger and starts with the letter N. I don't use that word. You've never heard that word come from my mouth here on the Truth Earths program. But it's okay for certain people to use it because, you know, special class protection, right? Yet... The major pandering organization for the black minority in America is, oddly enough, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Colored people? We can't call them that. Imagine that. The NAACP. It's right there in their name. Colored people. And the CP stands for Colored People, But the N-double-A, well, double-A, my friends, you wondered where I got the term. There's your answer. The double-A, hyphenated American minority. But I digress. This small minority learned decades ago, thanks to the Democratic Party, that they can cause trouble, destroy things, riot, band together, protest, destroy property, assault, batter, even murder. Murder. The Democratic Party will defend them. They call the riots peaceful protests. They call the graffiti First Amendment protected freedom of speech. The violent actions are somehow justified and anyone who dares to question it gets the not so coveted title of racist because after all everything is racist. The Democrats, after 60-plus years of failed policies like forced busing, of housing projects, etc., of requiring schools to teach to the lowest level of achievement in a classroom, which almost always means throttling the advancement of the smarter students until the failing students catch up, creates a culture of dumbing down the entire class so as not to offend the dumber students to the detriment of the more intelligent. Instead of celebrating and promoting and advancing those students who can and will and do perform at or above the standards, the Democrats continue to push the notion that school systems in America must lower the standards, eliminate grading systems and never ever use the horrible term fail or keep back a student. Just socially promote them along. They'll be out of your hair before their 21st birthday. Meanwhile, the smarter kids who could have graduated at 15, 16, or 17 and gone on to college are held back, taught at a lower level, throttled in their education. In the Democrats' latest attempt to pander to a small minority of Americans who traditionally statistically prove that they don't measure up, To the vast majority, the Democrats currently in charge of school boards, school systems, school administrations of cities, towns, counties, and states have decided to do away with promotion-based education. They've decided to do away with advanced classes, advanced learning programs. Done away with. Gone. The theory, of course, since it is, quote, offensive, unquote, to tell a student that they failed, and since it is offensive to tell a student that they need to repeat a grade because they did not do what they were supposed to do in order to pass, the failing students are simply allowed to move up to the next grade level, where, of course, they will certainly fail. They will continue to fail. Why? They obviously did not grasp the lessons of their current grade level. So when they get socially promoted so as not to offend them, they don't have the basic building block skills to achieve at the next grade level. They haven't even gotten the concept of the previous grade level. Newsflash: Despite what the Democrats tell these people, this system does nothing to help those people. Oh, but God forbid we offend someone. No, we can't do that. Send the failing student on to the next grade where he or she, and yes, there are only he's and she's, where he and she, who did not grasp last year's concepts, will certainly fail again this year because they need last year's concepts in order to grasp this year's concepts. The Democrats socially promote so as to not offend someone. They will socially promote failing students all the way out of the 12th grade, onto the streets where their obvious lack of education, ability, grasping of concepts will cause them to never be able to land a decent job. And with the mentality of no work ethic, just you gotta promote me because I'm this or I'm that, or I'm a special class, they expect to rise to the top of every company based solely on the color of their skin. When they don't qualify in the real world for a meaningful job, don't worry, the Democrats are right there. They tell the failing so-called socially graduated that it is white supremacy, racism, and of course, bigotry. That's the reason why you can't get a good job. But don't worry, we'll help you. We the Democrat Party. And there are things like the fund, formerly known as the United Negro College Fund, it'll allow some of these socially promoted, socially graduated AA minorities to go to college. And once they arrive in college on that free scholarship, they'll be taught that the white man is evil, America is racist, and they will, once upon graduation, obviously not based on merit but because we can't keep them here forever, and the money runs out after four years, they'll get a degree in gender studies, or race relations, or basket weaving, or tribal dance, or some other meaningless degree, like the degree you can actually get in Taylor Swiftology. These people will come out of college, they'll demand to be promoted to president or CEO of a corporation, and when they can't get that job or even keep a job, They use what they learned in college. They blame the white man for the lack of their good job. In other words, the delayed four-year extension means their entry into the real world is held back just by four more years. If you don't go to college, my friends, to be something, a doctor, a chemist, an engineer, something worthwhile, you have nothing other than a sheet of paper in gender studies you will not get a good job. Well, until now, the Democrats, the Biden administration, have created this lie called DEI diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. And this lie called DEI is there for one purpose, my friends. You know what that purpose is? To give an unqualified or underqualified individual who has a piece of paper that wouldn't be recognized by any other organization as being valid for any meaningful job to give them a job. So they turn these people into DEI, Diversity, Equity and Inclusiveness officers in companies. Now, you have to earn your paycheck. And how do you earn your paycheck in the wonderful world of DEI? Well, you go around and you label people as racist. Then you come up with programs which teach white people that they're wrong and they're evil and they're racist and they're bigoted, they're homophobic, and that they don't deserve to be there. They should just go out in the streets and kill themselves. You think I'm kidding. This is what is happening in America, and it's happening more often than not. The Democratic political party needs voters, and the best way to get voters is to pit This group against the white man. This group against the straight people of America. This group against conservatives. Enter the manufactured, designed, made-up theory that was put in place for one purpose, to demand that companies create new positions in order to place certain minorities into those positions so those minorities feel as if they have a purpose. Using statistics and data alone. We know for a statistical fact that the black African-American minority is only 13% of our population. However, these diversity, equity, and inclusiveness goals seek to use the guise of equity to place black people in as much as 50% of staffs in certain companies, especially those with government contracts. After all, equity to them doesn't mean equal. It doesn't mean parity. It doesn't mean fair. To the Democratic political party, equity for black people means advantage, pandering, payback, reparations. In other words, revenge against the evil white majority conservative heterosexual white man. You might recall Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Sotero, as was printed clearly on his college ID... He said we need to radically transform America. Radical being the key word. Now, what does this have to do with my initial thoughts of today? The answer is quite a bit. The Democrats have forced integration in order to mandate busing black kids into white schools, force busing white kids into black schools, and then dumbing down the white kids to the failing levels of the black kids in order to not offend them to lower the standards required for graduation, all in the name of diversity, equity, and, of course, inclusiveness. That failed policy has failed the United States of America. The failed policy has certainly failed those who were forced to throttle back their education in order to wait while the less intelligent, less educated catch up to appease the failing students. The purpose of this, of course, is to make excuses for those who simply don't have the ability to succeed. Oh, heaven forbid we offend them by calling out facts, statistics, or data sets which prove what we all know but we're not supposed to say out loud. My friends, those facts have proof positive that certain ethnic groups are simply smarter, more capable, more able than others. And because these facts have proven that the Asians achieve at a level 25% higher than blacks, because these evidentiary scientific data sets prove that Caucasians achieve at a level 20% higher than blacks, because these data sets and statistics prove that Hispanics traditionally achieve at a 10% higher level than blacks despite a language barrier can't dare offend the blacks by pointing out the facts or they might wake up one day and realize their failure. So what do we do? We dumb down the Hispanics, we dumb down the whites and we dumb down the Asians. Because to admit the facts might mean that the less educated lower achieving amongst us, those failures, would realize why they don't achieve at the same levels of us and they'd be forced to admit that they are not at the same level. Because of their limited capacity, the realization of this often results in violence. No, our nation would rather perpetuate the same failed ideologies and policies. When the evidence is revealed, the cat is let out of the bag, the truth comes out, the reality is brought forward, the Democrats turn to page one of the Democrat playbook. They blame the evil, racist, bigoted white man. They play the race card. They blame everyone else except for those who are guilty for the policies they, the Democrats, themselves created. In order to try and save face, they created the lie of DEI. Now they work with the minorities that they have harmed to create a program. And they use a grading system like ESG to score companies and institutions based on how many minorities those companies hire and promote. It is disgusting. Earlier I mentioned feeling out of place at an event where I was the only person there who looked like me, who dressed like me, who walked like me, and talked like me. But that's life. If you've ever been to the lunchroom or playground at any school in America, especially at those schools where the black kids were bused into white schools or the white kids were bused into black schools back in the day. You see firsthand the effects and failure of forced integration in the classrooms. Of course, the kids were even placed deliberately: black sitting next to white, sitting next to black, sitting next to white, in an attempt to force the two together. But if you observe in the casual social settings, such as the playground or the cafeteria, the students socialize naturally normally with their own, for lack of a better term, their own kind. This has been the way of things since the dawn of time. The black-white integration only proved the failure of trying to force people together. Black kids have their own society. They have their own music, their own dance, their own method of speaking. They have their own sense of humor that is unique to themselves. Similarly, white kids have their own, their own social group, their own likes, their own interests, their own music, their own dance, different abilities, interests, social and ethnic heroes, religious beliefs and customs. Different because of centuries of societal evolution and custom. That was then, this is now. Enter the Hispanic and Asian minority groups into the mix. The situation is not only similar, but more exaggerated exacerbated, of course, by language barriers. Latino kids hang out within their own social groups, those who speak their languages. The Asians, they hang out with other Asians. The blacks hang out with the whites, or the blacks, rather. The blacks hang out with the blacks, the whites hang out with the whites. Within those major groups, racial groups, further divisions exist. Naturally, normally, expectedly, societally. Cubans, within the Hispanic group, hang out with other Cubans, Guatemalans hang out with Guatemalans, Colombians with Colombians, Hondurans with Hondurans, Mexicans with Mexicans. In the Asian sector, the Vietnamese hang with the Vietnamese because they speak a similar language. Chinese hang out with Chinese for the same reason. Koreans with Koreans, Japanese with Japanese. Within those subgroups, there's even more division and separation. Nerds hang out with nerds, jocks hang out with jocks, it's always been that way. Band geeks hang out with band geeks, emos with emos, stoners with stoners. It's normal human societal evolution. But since forced integration began, social strife not only existed, but is amplified. Especially where one group feels oppressed by their past, or is told by some authority that they were oppressed. Their forced angst stems from stigma and stereotyping, generating, requested, repeated, manufactured, and foisted upon those groups by the media. And of course, by the political party that benefits directly from social strife, i.e. the Democrats. It's not just the blacks in America who want special treatment. Everyone wants it, because they've seen the Blacks receive it. And the Blacks want it even more because now they're seeing the illegal immigrants receiving the special treatment. Being able to cross our border illegally, breaking our most sacred law, our immigration law, and then not having any consequences for it. The Blacks see the Hispanics getting away with criminal activity, so they feel as if they should not be prosecuted. Enter the Democrat Party. Enter the Democrat District Attorney or the police chief who refuses to arrest, or the DA who refuses to prosecute because it's a crime of economics if a black person goes to Home Depot and steals 30 drill bits valued at 150 bucks a piece. They're not gonna go out and use those drill bits. They're not working. They're gonna sell those drill bits. But that's a crime of economics. Not just the blacks, everyone wants special treatment. If you are a mammal known as human, the natural propaganda that is being foisted upon you right now is totally twisted from actual, natural humanity. By the way, for those of you who are wondering, this program will be going over 30 minutes today because there's so much to be said. If you're a mammal known as a human, the natural propagation of our species depends, is predicated upon, and requires... The male human mammal mate with the female human mammal. And for over 95% of the human mammals in the United States and worldwide, men know what it takes to impregnate a woman. That's the only way the species survives and continues. Men know how to operate their sex organs, their genitals, for their designed, intended, natural purposes. Males have a penis. Males have male reproductive parts. Females have a vagina and female reproductive parts, and the two are required to meet in copulation in order to get pregnant and have another little human, thus providing the next generation of little humans who will do the same thing. This allows for the human mammal to reproduce and make new little human mammals. It's normal, it's designed. It is the created purpose and the reason there are only two genders, male and female. Anything other than that is foobar. It's aberrant, it's unnatural, it's abnormal. It is the Democrats who apparently hate normality, normalcy, despite the natural order of things. The Democrats have decided to latch on to the whims, wills, and wishes of the aberrant lifestyle minority, a very small, minuscule minority of Americans who either don't understand how nature works or are so desperate for attention that they feel some sick, twisted need to be flamboyant to flaunt their uh, freakishness to display their deviant lifestyles. In Joe Biden's America, this very tiny minority of people with a mental illness known as gender dysphoria are somehow a protected class. Instead of treating them and showing them you have a penis, she has a vagina. Those two need to get together to do what is natural. The Biden administration gives these freaks protected class status. People who have an actual mental disorder, a sickness, who somehow think in their sick, twisted minds that they can somehow change their gender just because they want to. And under the guise of this protected class, these sick freaks are getting special treatment by Joe Biden's government. They're legally allowed to just go and use the bathroom of their choice. Oh, but let a straight white male walk into a woman's bathroom. You know how that would turn out. Fully grown men are not only allowed to but are celebrated for defeating, destroying, and demolishing actual female athletes while these men pretend to be women. Now, why is that? Because they are now a protected class under Biden and the Democrat Party playbook. To hell with real females who worked hard for their entire lives to excel at a sport, some other activity, To hell with their hard work, their practice, their exercise, their training, their lifelong accomplishments. And if your daughter, your niece, your sister, your cousin loses out on a college scholarship or a prize purse to some gender bender pretender, a failed male who couldn't possibly win in men's sports, so he pretends to be a woman, well, that's just too bad, so sad for the real women, the real girls. Sure, tuck-friendly underwear can get sold at Target make a failed male hide his genitals, but the other obvious physical differences, height, muscle mass, weight, increased testosterone, and other factors, mean that your biological female competitor simply can not win. To hell with her feelings. If she's offended, too bad. We must protect the freaks because their feelings are much more important to Joe Biden and the Democrats under the disgusting display of debauchery young mike tyson could legally lawfully be allowed to box against your four foot nine 97 pound daughter why because mike tyson mike tyson rather could identify as a 97 pound female if he wanted to under the biden democratic party farce a young michael phelps could tuck his wiener in a tuck friendly target underwear and swim against your niece and destroy all records in female swimming and cause your niece to lose a scholarship. And Biden and his administration would defend that guy's right to pretend to be a woman. A young Pete Sampras could play singles tennis against your sister, beat her soundly, but that's okay with Gropy Joe. He'll just sniff your sister's hair, grope her a little bit and tell you that's the way of things. If I, a straight, white, conservative Christian man, decided tomorrow that I want to go into a kindergarten classroom in my pajamas and have little kindergarten children sit on my lap while I read stories and talk about the purpose of a penis and a vagina and the reproduction and the natural order of sex, talk about inserting that carrot into a donut, I would be arrested and charged with all sorts of crimes. But if a grown man in a dress with a beard wants to have little kindergarten children sit on his lap while he pretends to be a woman and indoctrinates your kindergartner to the sick, twisted world of daddy can kiss daddy, well, that's just okay. Not only is it just okay, it's celebrated, it's protected, and it is endorsed by Joe Biden and the Democratic political party as the biden administration continues to erode the united states nation's socially and societally progressive nature into a devolution not an evolution he is weakening our army our navy our air force our marine corps space force our coast guard and every other military organization he's already emasculated them all He's already weakened them to the point where they are told not to do their job at the southern border. Don't defend our nation, my God. And our defenses are indeed weakening. Fleets are eroding and dissolving. They're not being replaced. Biden is more concerned with queer equity in the military than protecting our nation from the ever-growing list of nations who seek to destroy us from without, while Biden destroys us from within. Yes, we're getting screwed on all sides, boys and girls. Woe is it unto anyone who dares to question Biden's motives. What a racist, bigoted, homophobic person you would be if you had the unmitigated gall to speak ill of this feeble old fool destroying our nation. What a hateful, offensive person you are if you have the audacity to speak ill of the twisted sickness being forced onto the majority of Americans because of the entitlement mentality of small fringe minority groups when the italians came to this nation legally immigrated here went to the statue of liberty signed on the dotted line swore to uphold the constitution complied with our laws our rules our regulations those italians were met with jeers and sneers and insults and assaults and destruction of their property some were even murdered simply for being of italian descent When the Italians came to this nation as immigrants, did they demand we raise the Italian flag? No. Did they burn down city halls, courtrooms? No. Did they destroy police cars? Absolutely not. Did they demand that we put up signs in Italian and forcibly teach Italian in the schools? No, they didn't. Did they demand the dictionary include all of their made-up slang words, Italian bonics? No. They learned to speak proper English. They became educated. They worked hard. They started their own businesses. They assimilated into American society, becoming Americans while retaining some of their Italian heritage. Hell, if they wanted this to be Italy, they should have stayed in Italy, right? Did we demand that they give up all aspects of their Italian heritage? No. Did we uh, forbid them from speaking Italian in their own houses? Of course not. Did we demand they never cook Italian food again? Hell no. Imagine America without lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs. I shudder to think. When the Vietnamese fled the nation we helped to destroy, they came here with the clothing on their bodies and not much more. Now they in two generations have grown into Americans while retaining much of their own culture They don't demand we abandon ours in favor of theirs. When the Irish came here, they were called mix, chastised, treated as outcasts, misfits. They were excoriated. They were attacked. They did not demand we raise the flag of Ireland. They did not demand that we no longer drink Kentucky bourbon and only drink Irish whiskey. They assimilated. They learned to speak proper English, maybe with a slight accent. But they, for all intents and purposes, became part of the American experience. I don't remember riots, graffiti, destruction of property, or demands that we all eat haggis. When the Chinese came here, under the lie that they could build a great life in a new land, They were enslaved and forced to build railroads. They were beaten. They were killed. Did they demand we change our religion to Buddhism? Did they wave the Chinese flag and demand we stop singing our national anthem? Did they urinate on our flag? Did they riot? Did they destroy property? No. Just like the Italians, they assimilated into our culture while retaining some of their own. They became part of the American dream. And they, like the blacks began their lives in America as slaves. And they don't look like we do, the majority of Americans who look Caucasian. About 40% of the black population in America is allegedly descended from slavery. The rest came here as free persons of color. The slavery that came about because of the victorious black tribes on the African continent who defeated the losing tribes of black people on the African continent. The losing tribesmen were chained and sold by blacks to blacks in black slave markets bound for destinations around the world. The blacks in what is now known as the USA do not want to remember that this is a part of the actual history a part of their existence, a part of their heritage. That is an embarrassment to them. And it doesn't jive with the false narrative that the white man went over to Africa and rounded up Negroes and put them in chains and made them pick cotton for the white man. Many of those who bought slaves in America were also black men. The blacks sold black people to black landowners and to white landowners in the original 13 British colonies before the United States were the United States. During a brief period of time between the founding of our nation in 1776 till around 1863, that's by the way less than 100 years of our 260 plus years of existence, The Republican president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, freed the slaves. He was not a Democrat. He was a Republican. Meanwhile, Jim Crow, the people that the Democrats like to throw around as being a racist, a bigot, a Negro hater, was a Democrat, not a Republican. To add fuel to the fire that they don't want you to realize is the Confederate general, Robert E. Lee, had freed his own slaves before Lincoln freed all of them. The Union general, on the other hand, Andrew Jackson, the man whose picture sits on your $20 bill, kept his slaves until he was forced to free them after the Civil War. Imagine that. All those lies the Democrat Party keeps spreading. I want to change gears for just a moment. Father's Day is this Sunday, June 18th. It is a day where real men are celebrated for doing what only straight men do. We place our penises where they belong, and we father children. Any male human can be a father. All it takes is to put that penis into a vagina and do the stroke. A transgender man cannot be a father. Why? Because a woman cannot change her gender to a man. Period. She is a she no matter how she identifies, no matter how she dresses, no matter how many hormones she pumps into her body. Now, oddly enough, a transgender woman can be a father. Why? Because a transgender woman is still a guy, no matter how much makeup, bra stuffing, or whatever, pretending he does. If he still has his penis and his testicles and hasn't destroyed his ability to recreate from that penis by hormones, he can still impregnate a female. As I said, any male can be a father, but not all fathers are dads. Dad's Day is what this Sunday should be called. We should celebrate Dad's Day. It takes a lot to be a dad, and perhaps this is why Father's Day is hated so very much in the projects, in the 13% hyphenated American, Black-African American community. The Democratic political party destroyed the father figure in the black community, and the respect and necessity of what the dad did did, in the black community prior to the Democrat takeover. It began about 60 or so years ago when the government decided it could replace the role of dads by providing the moms with free income, welfare, WIC, Social Security supplemental income, Section 8 housing, the projects, the government cheese. In doing so, the government, the Democratic Party, destroyed the notion of fatherhood Perhaps this is a major reason why the Hollywood stigma exists, which makes straight white men appear in movies, TV shows, and other productions to be out, made out as a buffoon, a loser, a jerk, a not-cool cast member. The notion of a real man-father figure, a caring, intelligent, successful dad, played by a white character, has been utterly eliminated by the media in favoring of some bumbling idiot figure that they've placed in that role. The idea of a strong white role model as a male has virtually and literally been done away with. Instead, Hollywood, the media, the left, they have a strong father figure as a black guy in a movie now and then. They have strong mother figures, and the husbands of those strong mother figures are often made out to be morons, buffoons, idiots. They even have strong grandmother figures. Look at most productions, you'll see a strong, well-spoken black man. Just think of the shouting black police captain in most of those TV shows and movies. Think about the bumbling idiot white cops surrounding him. This is done intentionally, by design. The Democrat Party, with their willing accomplices in Hollywood and the media, perpetrate this construct in order to destroy the normal, natural, heterosexual, white couple in America. Why? Because we keep producing, for the most part, more normal, natural, heterosexual, white human beings, and thus we remain in the majority. And that hurts the Democratic Party's ability to maintain control. This is a fact. This is truth. So, I want to wish all of the Truth Hurts Program dads out there A very happy Father's Day. We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers. But if we are there for our children, if we have done what we're designed to do, supposed to do, congratulations. Even if you're not the perfect dad, as long as you're there, as long as you show up, you are far better off as a father than the sperm donors, the absentee fathers, the males who don't do the right thing regarding their offspring. And our children are far better off. Whether you call it white privilege or not, the fact is white kids who live in a heterosexual, monogamous home with mommy and daddy always do better than the opposing. Don't feel as if you need to be perfect. We all make mistakes. We all say things and do things that embarrass our kids. Remember, your dad did the same thing. I'm sure he embarrassed you a time or two. Happy Father's Day from Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. As I said earlier, today's program is going more than the usual half an hour because there is so much to say. Oh, the horror. According to the Business Insider publication, the quoted title of this article, Texas dropped off dozens of migrants in Los Angeles after a 30-hour bus ride with no food or water. Listen, my friends, it's still better off than them being in their own country, right? That's why they fled. And it must be a much better place than to be in bigoted, hateful Texas. Los Angeles, California, boasts and brags about being a so-called sanctuary city. Supposedly a welcoming place that, on the inscription of the Statue of Liberty, should be proud of. Bring us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said he arranged for dozens of migrants to be bused from Texas to California to Sanctuary City, Los Angeles. And the trip allegedly took 30 hours, and the Texas governor didn't provide them with tacos or burritos or even a glass of water. The Los Angeles Daily News reports, according to their reporting, 42 migrants were dropped off at Union Station in downtown Los Angeles, the city of angels. Then they were taken to the St. Anthony Croatian Catholic Church in Chinatown. Now that's inclusiveness, that's diversity. The bus ride from the Texas border to LA was about 30 hours. According to Jorge Mario Cabrera, the director of communications for the Coalition for Humane Immigration Rights, the bus ride did not provide them with food or water. Eight of the migrants were children, including toddlers and babies. Immigration advocates told reporters they weren't sure what Texas officials told these migrants to get them on the bus, but by golly, they got on the bus. They weren't chained, they weren't handcuffed, they weren't tied together with ropes, they weren't blindfolded, drugged, and forced onto the buses by golly they were probably told you're going to go to Los Angeles in California where everyone is welcoming you and you are welcome and you are loved and you are wanted Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass however chewed out the Texas governor accusing him of pulling a cheap stunt and treating humans like pawns she told the Daily News that her office had been preparing for such an event given that evil Republican governors across the country have taken similar steps in recent months. I ask you, what bus can drive for 30 hours without stopping for fuel? None. These illegal, criminal, trespassing, law-breaking, invading migrants who crossed the border of the United States illegally, you mean they stayed on the bus, they didn't get off to take a piss? They didn't have a dollar for a cookie or a bottle of water. I bet they had a Biden-paid cell phone, some new tennis shoes, some nice clothing. They weren't forced onto that bus. They weren't in chains. They weren't handcuffed. They weren't drugged. They chose to get on the bus. And I would think that they would have felt much more welcome in a sanctuary city like LA than they would feel in oppressive, racist, bigoted Texas. When a city boasts and brags and promotes itself as the place to be in America, as a haven, as a sanctuary against oppression, why would any illegal immigrant not want to go there? Once again, they arrive, they have read about, they've heard about, and they've seen the mayor of that sanctuary city. Now, they before was calling them welcome, calling them now pawns, making them feel unwelcome. Mr. Abbott, the governor of Texas, said in a statement, quote, Texas's small border towns remain overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overrun by the thousands of people illegally crossing into Texas from Mexico because of President Biden's refusal to secure the border. He continued, Los Angeles is a major city that migrants seek to go to, particularly now that its city leaders have approved its self-declared sanctuary city status. Our border communities are on the front lines of President Biden's border crisis, and Texas will continue providing this much-needed relief until he, Joe Biden, steps up to do his job and secure the border. As I said at the beginning of the program, people tend to go where they want to go, where they are wanted, where they are welcomed, where they feel safe and comfortable. Why would Los Angeles, a supposed sanctuary city, deliberately wanna make immigrants feel unwelcome, uncomfortable, unwanted? If they were truly a sanctuary city, the answer is you have to follow the money. The political rhetoric and gamesmanship by Ms. Bass, the mayor of L.A., is designed to get federal funds from the Biden administration and nothing more. Briefly, I want to touch on the lies of so-called affirmative action. For decades now, the government has mandated that companies, government entities, schools, and other organizations employ the process known as affirmative action to determine the staffing and enrollment dynamics in their facilities under the lie that it will supposedly level the playing field for minorities and other so-called protected classes. The reality of affirmative action is it does not level the playing field. It does not create equity or equality. It creates hostile environments. It destroys the idea of fair competition, of merit, of achievement, of motivation to succeed. By eliminating criteria like education, qualification, innovation, motivation, and experience, affirmative action mandates certain groups get forced placed in the name of payback for a lie called systemic racism. Imagine you did everything right. You did everything as expected. You studied, you worked hard, you made the grades required to graduate and you graduated near the top of your class. You apply for a job that you were highly qualified and trained to do, and then you're told you were not selected because you did not fit the affirmative action requirements of that company. The person who gets the job only gets the job because he or she checked off this box or that box or the other box because you were black or crippled or gay or perhaps the trifecta all of the above. The person may not have the education, the grades, the training, the experience, but golly, they will make some DEI quota hire executive happy. Sure, the company's bottom line might suffer, but their ESG scores will go off the charts. They'll get a nice ESG score, and they can use that at their next board meeting to appease all the picketers outside. Sure, the shareholders might suffer, but their stock values will crumble. And Gemini Cricket, they can use the lesbians, the gays, the transgenders, the cross-dressers, the drag queens, the crippled biracial TV commercial crowd. They'll keep them from burning down the headquarters building, so that's a plus. Sure, you, Caucasian, Christian, white, conservative, heterosexual male, you won't get the job. And that's a plus for the Biden administration. Because they will use DEI and ESG to make themselves look good while pandering for votes in an ever-increasing Democrat Party population fueled by illegal immigration. Even if you don't get that job, you're white. You've got privilege, right? You might get another job, or you could at least move in with mom and dad, pool all of your collective white privilege, excuse me, Everybody wins, right? The U.S. Supreme Court, the not-yet-packed conservative majority court, is about to turn affirmative action on its proverbial head. In a very well-written article penned by Ian Kingsbury in The Washington Examiner, the notion of affirmative action is now being displayed as the disaster it has been for decades. Barring a major surprise, the article begins, the U.S. Supreme Court will put the kibosh on affirmative action in college admission. In the coming weeks, 74% of Americans know that it is race and ethnicity that drive affirmative action, and those should not be factored into admissions decisions. They won't encounter much sympathy from the legacy media or the ivory tower activists determined to see the world through radicalized lenses advocacy for affirmative action is largely grounded in the misrepresentation of how it is implemented, why it is supposedly necessary, and the alleged benefits to society that supposedly accrue from affirmative action. The frequency of these arguments will intensify in the coming weeks as the Supreme Court takes these matters into account, but the media will mislead you and make up fictional lies. When it comes to implementation, the champions of affirmative action spin the degree to which it prioritizes race in admissions policies. It is commonly claimed that affirmative action doesn't grant minorities preferential treatment, lead to quotas or discriminate against other races, but the data clearly shows otherwise. In the next edition of the Truth Hurts program, I'm going to dive into this issue just a little bit further and let you know what we all already know, but with some scientific data to back it up, affirmative action is destructive to the United States of America. Always has been, always will be. It is not the right way to run a nation. My friends, again, Father's Day this weekend, the most confusing day in the projects, I've been told. Some don't even know who their daddy is. My children know who their daddy is, and I knew who my father was, a great man who died way too young. I want you all to go out there and have a great weekend. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? This program is pre-recorded, protected under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution as free speech and free press. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If not, who cares? I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Because the truth sometimes hurts. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Nautics. This program is prerecorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.